0: I can't fix this. This is Joel with Overcome Evil with Good. I can't fix this. You know, when you get to that point when you realize that you can't fix a situation, that's actually the one of the better places that you can be. You know, we're we're typically taught um, through just whatever through life that we're we're always trying to fix something that is broken. When it comes to a relationship, and especially when you're involved in a toxic relationship, it's not something that you can fix. And the sooner you get to that point, the better off you are. You know, I was just talking to someone um, today, and we were talking about, um, you know, no matter how much you put into a relationship, um, you know, if, if if the other person is is actually toxic, it, it is not dependent on you. You see, we we if if you have if you're an empath or you have high levels of empathy, um I tend to, but I wouldn't really put myself too much in the strong category of an empath, but but I definitely fall in that category, and I I hear things and and I want to fix it. I want to help. I want to, you know, and that's what drives me to do what I do. Um, but you know, I have have you ever had? <laughs> the subject is eggs. You know how eggs are so expensive today. So let's talk about them for just a second. You know how to tell whether an egg is bad or not. You, you stick it in water and you, uh, you know, see if, it, if if it's kind of like floating. It, you know, if it's if it's good, it, it'll sink to the bottom and then, and, you know, kind of fall to the, you know, kind of hard to the bottom. But when it begins to, you know, get older, it'll kind of sit upright and kind of float. But then when it starts really floating, you know that egg is bad. Okay. Well, I can take bad eggs and no matter how Good of a cook that I am. I can't make a good omelet with bad eggs. I mean, I can cook it. I can make it look good. I can make the presentation well. I can, you know, put some, you know, side things on it. Sprinkle, you know, uh, you know, stuff on top of it, and even pour a beautiful cheese over top of it. But at the end of the day, it's bad eggs. And so what you have to realize is when you're dealing with a true narcissistic person, there's no matter how much you do to it, how much you doctor it up, how much it's, they present themselves, in the end, they're a bad egg, okay? Um, So when you're trapped into thinking that you can fix the situation, Um, that's exactly where they want you to be because they're going to keep you constantly thinking that it is you. If you would just do X, Y, and Z, if you jump through this hoop, if you only do that, and and, uh, that's what keeps us locked into a relationship, thinking that if I say the right thing, if I do the right thing, or if they could just only figure this out and we could work this relationship out together, but you, you just get to a point of exhaustion, and uh, and, and, and you know, if, if you're like a business person that has a lot of investment in something, so the longer that you're married, the longer that you're together, um, the harder it is sometimes to break up, get a divorce, whatever it is, because you've got so much invested. Now, you had kids into there, and that really complicates the matter, especially for a woman. Maybe she doesn't have, you know, hadn't had a good job. It's scary. You know, today there was a, a victory in, in a court, um, somebody that I have, you know, some information uh, about and know somewhat, and um, she went to court today with an ex-narcissistic uh, husband. They finalized some things, but... I found out today, her saying that she felt free. Um, She felt free. She didn't win everything that she wanted to win, but the majority and things were overall good. But at the end, the goal is to feel that freedom, to know that sense that no matter what the courts say, no matter what happens, that you are free. And when you are physically free, when you're financially free from that person, you know, uh what I mean by that is being dependent on that person. Not that they shouldn't owe you alimony or or whatever, you know, assets and things like that. But when you learn to be completely independent emotionally, spiritually, physically from that person, the greater sense of freedom that you have. And, and you know, if you're if you're no longer feel like you're obligated because of maybe some kind of a religious, you know, ideology that's not rooted in the Bible. It's only rooted in either tradition or guilt. Because when a lot of times pastors get involved and I don't mean that they're bad. I mean that some of them have good intentions, but a lot of them really don't understand narcissistic behavior. They can see it and they can say, well, yeah, narcissistic behavior is just a form of pride. And you know, if we if they just submit themselves, humble themselves, and then everything's gonna be all right. Well, to you that know and's been in a narcissistic relationship, you know that, that is that 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 is absolutely insanity of advice. Okay. The problem is is these people don't know they have a problem if they knew they had a problem now they can admit it they can say I have a problem but they don't really believe it because they believe that you're the problem they believe that others are the problem you know if if only people could see things their way understand things their way you know people say do narcissistic people you know feel the pain do they feel pain do they well, you watch people, you've, you know, if you've been in a relationship, you've seen them be very sympathetic to other people at times. It, at least we know this. They're able to emulate pain. They're able to emulate what sympathy is. But do they really know what it's like to have empathy? Here's the answer. And um, I liked it because it was from—I um, I believe it to be true. Uh, but it was actually my one of my sons had had said something uh, concerning their their mother. This was one of my adult sons, and they said this: "Oh, I I think mom can actually feel pain." Because I was like, "Yeah, I, you know." after everything I went through, I was like thinking how, but, he, but he, he said, Dad, she only feels pain for herself. She doesn't feel pain for us, or she doesn't feel pain for you. That's why she continues to blame. That's why when we have boundaries with her, she doesn't honor them. Because she doesn't feel my pain she didn't feel your pain. She doesn't feel other people's pain. Yeah, she can see someone hurt, and and there's that, um, you know, when, when these people respect somebody, we, we can watch them adjust their behavior real quickly. They'll act nice, they'll be kind. Um, they, they might even go out of their way to do exceptional things for certain people. While the people that they're supposed to love the most are the people that they forsake that they don't have this normal sense of empathy. And and that's the problem. And that's why so many people are out there hurting because they're showing other people sometimes how, how, how much they'll do for them while they don't do anything to the people that are around them that they should show the most love to, the most dedication to the most loyalty to but oh they'll they'll show certain levels of respect and honor to those that I think that make them feel good or they can drop their name to make it make them look good you know the best thing that I could hear from somebody is to know that they're free. That they finally get to the idea, I can't fix this. Because once you realize you can't fix it, you stop trying. And then you have the ability to surrender whether the marriage, the relationship is ever going to work out. And that's why it's good to know that you can't fix them. I know that sounds simple, but you need to get there. Some of you that's been in a, the relationship for, you know, maybe years, maybe decades, you know, long time. And how many times, even if you've been in a relationship for a year with somebody, how many times did you try to fix it? You're the one doing all of the attempted fixing and they're not doing anything but blaming. Maybe they're not doing anything at all. Maybe they have, instead, they are acting like they're trying to fix it. All the while, the only person that they that they believe needs to change is you. You need to see it their way. It never ends up, they never apply the the rules that they apply to themselves. They don't apply it um, to you or the rules that they put on you. They don't allow that same thing to be put on them. It's interesting. They're very particular about certain things when it comes to how they think they should be treated. But they don't offer you the same level of respect the same level of love so guess what you can't fix this you can't fix them but what you can do is fix yourself why, why did you get in that relationship to begin with oh there's all kinds of stories out there you know they love bombed you they uh, seem like a nice loving caring they almost seem like they were too good to be true until you found out they were too good to be true and then you may have at a point put them on a pedestal idolized them and and now they're at the place exactly where they want to be now you're chasing them you're trying to win some approval from them. Now they won't try to do that to you. They all they may, you know, Hoover and love bomb and all those, you know, terminology that we use. Love bomb meaning, you know, pour excessive things, you know, love on you to to make you feel like that you're loved. But it but it has a empty sense to it. It's like the the man that is telling a woman how good looking she is and and the only thing he can mention is her body parts or something like that but he's not even willing to do the hard work of winning her heart he just wants her to feel special and to feel loved like she's never felt so that he's got her or you know what that goes the same thing with a woman does to a man and, you know, I'm finding out from uh, attorneys because I work with attorneys all day long that there's an epidemic of women who are narcissistic and there ended up, and it's a lot of women uh, attorneys that are talking about defending men. And, and, and they'll mention, they have no idea who I am. And uh, they will mention that there's a heavy sense of narcissism across the board, especially with women and growing. Now, this is not a battle of the genders. This is not um, something that happens in the United States, the UK, Australia, you know, you name it. It's not something that is exclusive. It is happening worldwide. It's It's an epidemic. You know, when COVID was out and I was doing podcasts, I said, the real epidemic is narcissism. It destroys more people's lives than COVID really ever did. Um, COVID brought more of a fear. Yeah, I know people out there that have died from it, and that is horrible tragedy. But but you know it's kind of come and gone. Made it cycle like a lot of viruses do. But what hasn't gone away? That's only increasing day by day is narcissism. But what you can do is you can fix yourself. You can you can decide that you're not going to get involved in another narcissistic relationship, but you're going to put yourself in a healthy relationship again, or well, not again, but you can understand that you have the power to change and what got you in there is going to what's going to put you right back into another one so figure it out what it is so you're no longer you know what it what it typically is what you find out is like you know we we did we either had self-worth and this person created such lack of self-worth that we felt like we didn't deserve but to be in that relationship what a tragedy. You know the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. I've said this multiple times. That's what narcissists do. They come to kill, kill all your dreams, kill uh you know, passion, kill um you know, I could just go on with that. Steal, you know, steal uh you know the your 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 own identity. And and ultimately, I think most of their end goal is to suck you dry they're known as e- emotional vampires and now there's certain types of narcissists that are more that are worse than that than another that they'll suck you dry leave you as a empty shell kind of like what you can imagine a black widow will do to it after mating its with its spouse it'll it'll the the female spider will will kill the male after mating. And, you know, I know some other animal kingdoms I've heard that do similar things. They will get what they want, but only to get what they want, not to get you what you want. You desire what you, dare I say it, deserve. You deserve more than what they ever gave you. It's hard to understand that. It's hard to accept that, especially if you already struggle with that. But then now let's add in the whole dimension of how they make you feel and how they've broken down so much of who you are. And, And that is why These people have control over you, but you can change yourself. And when you get out of these relationships, this is what's beautiful. Oh, there's going to be scars on your life from it. There's going to be times where people will possibly trigger you. You know, I, I, I have told people, especially people around me, and I've talked about, I hate when people use the word trigger all the time. Now, now triggering is 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 legit. It's real. I, I get it. I, I've been there. I've people have triggered me, um, you know, multiple times. But I can't use that as an excuse to control my life. I can't say, "Well, I was triggered, so I did such and such." That, that's that's an excuse. Yes, I can be triggered, and I do not have to respond in ways that. I'm unhealthy because if you find yourself responding in an unhealthy manner after being triggered, it means you got some growing to do. Well, I'm not being hard on you because I get it. I do. I understand you. I, I, I feel your pain, but at the same time, you have the opportunity to change things, make things right, not put up with that, not be so desirous of a relationship that you're, you, you miss the red flags flying right in front of your face. You can change the way you see yourself. For those that's been in the relationship, the kind that I was in, that's what they enjoy doing is tearing you down now in public oh she made sure that she would even quote out of proverbs that she would praise her husband in the at the gates like proverbs 31 talks about while that's true behind closed doors at home everything about me she tore down now i don't have to stay in that belief system and I choose not to I choose to heal I choose to press on and I choose to um, evaluate my life and see when somebody triggers something that I am learning how to overcome that so it doesn't motivate me because the last thing I want to be motivated by is fear Uh, I, I don't want to be motivated not to do something do something because I'm in fear. Uh, that that captivates a lot of us today. We don't want to get in a relationship. We don't want to, um, because we poured our life into one and it came to naught. So you think, well, I'll just be single for the rest of my life if that's the way it has to be. I get that. I understand that. But there's got to be a time where we, um, that, that may be what you need to do, but also it may be that you need to move on and and get back into relationships with people, get married again, but not until you fix yourself to, to some degree or another. I don't know what that level is, but I can tell you this, that we look at rebound relationships and we know that A lot of them don't work out because you're just emotionally charged and you were not really realizing that there's not a lot of commonality and connection. I'm here to tell you and that's why I do some life coaching is because I wanna help people get traction and get back on the road to healing. All the while, I'm I'm continuing to work on myself. Let me tell you something. If, if I told you that I was completely there, I'd be lying because there's still areas that I have struggles with because of what I went through. And I can, you know, what, what I hear in my own self, is why are you trying to help others when you yourself aren't perfectly healed? Well, let me tell you something. You go to any counselor, you go to any coach out there, they're dealing with something in their life. Because life is always throwing new things at you. So it's not about being fully healed. It's about are you on that journey and continuing to grow? Especially having enough insight and having the knowledge of what finding someone good really is all about, not not someone because you need companionship. Because I, as I posted the other day, it's sure a lot easier to get into something than it is to ever get out. Where I would love for my listening audience to be is a place that they are secure in who they are. They're free from their abuser. Their their mind is no longer controlled. Their emotions are no longer controlled by the person that never really loved them. They don't have the capacity to love you. Just listen to that. but you have the capacity, you really do, to love yourself again. And when you finally love yourself in a healthy way, you can really start to love others. You might love by helping people. You might love by getting back into relationship and and possibility of marriage again. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you understand because I wish that I had some of this knowledge years ago. So what I've learned, I'm helping to help you understand, help you overcome it, help you put your the, the rubber to the road when you're stuck to get out of the ditch, get back on the road, and start going down the highway of healing, the highway of life. Don't let what this relationship continue to rob you and to rob others around you because of what you went through. You too can heal. I know at this moment, for some of you listening, it seems impossible. But I'm reminded from God's word that with God, all things are possible. See, we try to do things separate from God as if we don't need him. But yet, when I went through this, I realized how much of my life and um, everything who I am is directly dependent on God. And so that's why I wanna point you to him as well. He's there to help you. His Holy Spirit is there to come inside you, to live through you, to lead you into all truth. Oh, not the Holy Spirit that some people act and do, you know, out there, but the kind that is real, the Spirit of God that leads people into all truth, the one that is gentle, the one that is kind, the one that is caring enough to lead us into a healthy life again. And that's how we overcome evil with good.